Please welcome Chris James and the music of the Burrito Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Yeah, Today's show is yeah. brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Ooh, make a better stay now, baby. Their sound is remarkable and makes you think, hey, they have that sound. Their new album, Notorious Burrito Brothers, could possibly never reach the ears of those who need to hear sincere and wholesome Americana music. Songs that make you relax and say, yep. The music that morphed organically from the Laurel Canyon scene of the 60s groups such as the Birds, the Beach Boys, Buffalo Springfield, and eventually Firefall and the Eagles. The sound that was christened the L.A. sound. Here's Chris James with the music of the Burrito Brothers. Put an intro in later on, I can edit the crap out of this, so everything we say sounds like the most brilliant thing anybody's ever said, <laughs> is my goal. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you know, I've been watching, uh, I usually watch talk shows, late night stuff, Jimmy Fallon's and Jimmy Kimball and those guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, Fallon's been doing this like at home thing, you know? He's got like FaceTime uh -huh. and his wife, is kind of producing the show and stuff, but they're like, they're down at my level now. They're doing everything from like a, a Costco table and uh, yeah. you know, in their guest room or something. And, and uh, they don't have the writers. So he's kind of writing his own oh, jokes. I haven't and even stuff. seen and, uh, any of that. I ought to catch that because it's, uh, it's probably, God, I hope it's, it's a, a phenomenon that we won't see again. We haven't seen the likes of this before. Yeah, and you wonder what the shakedown will be like because it's sort of cool because there's not a lot of production yeah. and um, and he has guests and stuff, but it's all done like with really crappy video and, and right. audio. And he had John Legend on. I'm not even a Fallon fan, but he's the only one that's really doing it mm -hmm. that way. And uh, he had John Legend on, and who's a great entertainer. And uh, yeah, they just chatted like they do on a normal show and everything. And then Legend played a piano uh, and, and sang a song and stuff. Wow! But I thought it, it kind of yeah a, uh, the field. A promo for Colbert doing something like that too. It's, but maybe not. I'm, I haven't been he, watching. Colbert did his first one, which was like last maybe Monday, I don't know Monday ish. Uh -huh. I think he did one from, and it looked like he was in his bathtub with bubbles <laughs> and stuff. So they're all doing this at home looking thing, but yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, the joke sucked and, you know, <laughs> but in a way, be, and, and Fallon has his daughters on there and they're like, tell, he, have, he has to tell them to be quiet now. I'm doing the show, but he went ahead and just did it like, here, I, here's what it's like at my home and it's messy. Like everybody's uh, home. Yeah, yeah. God, I sure hope this is going to pass before too long. I mean, people talk a couple of weeks, and I can't imagine it could have, it could pass that quickly. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. I don't know what I to know. think. It's so maybe uh, maybe people will buy more records. Well, I, I you know uh, <laughs> this guy who got the deal for us, uh, uh, not exactly agent or manager, but uh, operates within those. Uh, parameters for us uh we welcome it uh he got us the deal uh, a guy named bob boiling in england uh looks at the bright side and keeps saying well you know we got captive audience people got to listen to the music and all so maybe it's uh maybe it's something we can still make work out all right and not feel like everything's derailed Something good always comes out of these times, you know. I'm not a political guy, but I'm a political guy. <laughs> the, po the politics have gotten so, I don't even, chaotic that there's, yeah. uh, there's reform that comes out of those things. And it really hasn't happened as uh, obviously since the 60s to me anyway. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know how old you are, but I was kind of a little kid, maybe just turning into a teenager in the late 60s. Yeah, that's yeah, about I, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 64. Okay. So. Well, oh, you got a song by the Beatles. Yeah, they wrote I that was, about me. I was just told that I can't use it anymore because just yesterday was my 65th, which is really weird. It's like, oh, uh, happy birthday they congratulate. To you. They say, yeah, now you know you get your Social Security. It's a congratulations. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, I don't know if I feel like I'm that happy about it. You know, I mean, I can't do anything about it, so thank you, and uh, um, okay, I'll take some some dough. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, 
I'd rather be 35. Yeah. It's so nice to have somebody to talk to. I go to the store and, you know, to get some groceries or something. People are, they have masks on and oh, all yeah. that crap. And I'm yeah. like, oh, come on, man. I don't know how effective that's going to be. But I also don't want to be the guy that says, well, don't wear them. And then everybody gets sick and dies or something. So I Yeah, it's certainly not something to... Uh, um draw too many conclusions, but I wouldn't pass judgment on somebody for doing it. You know, it's, it's scary. <laughs> so I just texted my cousin Scott in Yakima and I said, yeah, remember the Flying Burrito Brothers? I'm going to talk to uh, the guy that sings lead for what they, you just go by the Burrito Brothers now, correct? Yeah, yeah. Do you want that story? Yeah, <laughs> I, you yeah. Know, I mean, that's as good a place to start as any, probably. Well, that'll probably be the start and the end because you guys, I, and I look at the Wikipedia, it's like trying to reverse engineer a DNA strand oh, or it's, something. It's, it's, it's incredible. I, I don't know if there's ever been a group with any more personnel changes and, and uh, revolving door of, of people in it. I think there might be some who come close. Uh, there are precedents, you know. Um, I, I've liked to say for the past, well, let's see, I've been uh, pretty much heading it up uh, since about 2009. And, uh, and when uh, some of the usually old people, uh, naysayers, you're not the real Burrito Brothers kind of attitude hits us. They say, well, you know, so who is? If you look at that yeah. list, like you mentioned on Wikipedia, there is no iconic main lineup. I mean, a case could certainly be made that the original or quasi-original group uh, with Graham Parsons, Chris Hillman, Chris Etheridge, and Sneaky Pete was perhaps the iconic version, especially since Graham looms so large as a cult uh, hero yeah. who died young. But mm. he's only on that and the next album. And the next album, their second album, already has a pretty dramatic personnel change. They no longer have Etheridge, and they then have Michael Clark and Bertie Ledden. Two new people and one guy already out. There's no two albums they've ever made that any group going by the burrito name has ever made where the next one in a row is the same people as the previous one. It's. Uh, Can I chime in here for a sec? Yeah. Yeah, so you've already referenced, uh, let me see... The birds, the eagles, the yeah. tie-ins. Yeah. But the, the one thing that hasn't changed is the sound and the philosophy of the whole thing, though. So it doesn't matter who's in it, but it still kind of has the Burrito Brother thing going on. Oh, I think so. I think that's essential. I think you don't you do not do this to, uh, um, to change it. Although I, I would make a case that there was a period, although it was an oddball time in all of music, I tend to think, uh, Sometime in the mid to late 80s, where they were really kind of consciously trying to make it some sort of country hit effort or pop-ish sound. And boy, the, the real long-term diehard burrito fans tend to see that as sort of the glitch in the road. It's like, a, uh, otherwise, what you say is true. But it's really stayed very honest to the original template of what that group ought to sound like. There was a um, a review I saw one time that said uh, the guy liked the album, but it had he thought it had too much pedal steel guitar on it. And I mm. thought, you know, that that's like saying a Miles Davis album has too much trumpet. Trumpet on it, yeah. I get that uh, you know, I mean, there. what pedal steel guitar <laughs> is the template? It's the uh, the the cornerstone instrument sound that Sneaky Pete established from day one. So, yeah, now, he, 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 when I look at the timeline, he, he's been in it as long as anyone, I think. Well, he was the longest, and he, he's some of the, uh, I don't know, I've heard him call haters, uh, or the, <laughs> na the sort of naysayers. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them say, you know, that uh, if he's not in it, then it's not the real Burrito Brothers. But that's pretty iffy, because if you look down the timeline, he came and went a lot. And yeah. then, and then the, uh, and and just having the pedal steel player, and not a single other guy from the earliest days, that's not exactly uh, staying rock solid on the uh, you know original lineup. But uh, yeah. uh, the thing also that gives us 
I really, really uh, stood by the the thought that uh, Graham Parsons himself was quoted back in 1973, the year he died, that. Uh, what did he think? He was asked by an interviewer what he thought of there being the Flying Breeder Brothers still going on without a single one of the guys who were on the first out. And he said, I'm all for it. I think the idea has to go on whether I'm in it or anybody else. It's got to continue. And that's just gold to, to us, yeah. to we who, you know, want to carry that on. So do you sing most of the lead vocals now? At this stage, yeah. Um, I hadn't. There'd always been at least one other guy, and I always try to make sure, even now, that uh, that I pretty much uh, spearheaded this latest album. Uh, well, I shouldn't put it that way. Uh, I'm, I'm the singer, but it's very collective. It's absolutely Tony Paoletta, Bob Hatter, Peter Yost, and me. And... Uh, Everybody putting in a large portion of the creative input and all writing together. But but they defer to me as the lead singer. And uh, we got Ronnie Gilbo to sing one song so that it's broken up a little. And I'm going to always be conscious of that. Prior to Walter Egan choosing to return to his solo career, um, he and I traded off vocals. My brother was in the band for a while, Fred James, who's got the reputation himself. Uh, and he sang some lead, though he tended to defer to me. He'd always kind of get go, Chris, it's your band, you know. But uh, right now I'm the principal lead singer, at least on this album. It's hard to discern based on the bio that I have who does what, who sings on what and everything. And, and there's, uh, you know, and questions I would ask that maybe nobody else. There's kind of a sitar sound on, on uh, Love is, is a River. Yeah, that's what, definitely what is, that, uh, that, that funny, uh, the uh, electric sitar. They came out with those in the, I don't know, mid to late 60s. Yeah. Didn't the box tops have the, a song with that? And, uh, Cry Like a Baby. The, oh, even that Steely Dan tune, uh, Jack, Jack, do it again. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's fun. So that's what it's, it is. Yeah, it's an electric guitar uh, sitar. Oh, I want one. This sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> yeah. Love is a
Oh, I was going to say when I was telling you, I'm sorry to interrupt you about that. Sure, uh, sure. That's why I had um, About when I gave that that paraphrase of Graham's quote, also the, um, might almost call it justification, the original Burrito, the very first ones with Graham Parsons and Chris Hellman, took the name from Ian Dunlop and Barry Tashin, who played local L.A. gigs, just pick up band kind of things and for just a lark for you know silliest name they could think of called it the flying burrito brothers and parsons used to sit in with them and it's kind of odd that um they they then chose to steal that name to take that name when they when hillman and parsons left the birds and uh started their new group they called it the flying burrito brothers which is <laughs> i i liken it to the the, those days, you know, chocolate watch band, Jefferson Airplane, Iron Butterfly. It's just a weird sort of wordy name, you know, for that era. What did, was it Graham Parsons that came up with International Submarine Band? Actually, that also, uh, both names, Flying Bear Birds and International Submarine Band, are attributed to Ian Dunlop. Oh, okay. His friend <laughs> from England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think of uh, meetings where the bands are trying to come up with a name and they come up with, you know, Captain Piscums or Quivering Thigh, Vomit Launch. Oh, there's another uh, a real connection to why we named our album, this new album, The Notorious Burrito Brothers, because there's a classic birds album called The Notorious Bird Brothers, uh, the fifth birds album. It's the one yeah, right yeah. before Graham joined, uh, Sweet, Sweetheart of the Rodeo, is the sixth bird album. Uh-huh. And uh, Graham was at a couple of the sessions. They they were already acquainted, and uh, uh, he had played with this bar band, Flying Burrito Brothers. This is a year before the album by that name came out, and uh, so they were joking around and talking about funny names for the album. And you kind of you know tell the. The similarity, Notorious Bird Brothers, Flying Burrito Brothers, you know, the, what happened was they were tossing around that Flying BBs for, for the album name, and it just kind of morphed into the uh, uh, Notorious Bird Brothers. And since that is so connected to the genesis of everything we feel we're carrying on, we thought it'd be neat to actually have an album called The Notorious Burrito Brothers. But it has a double meaning. Because, as we've already cited, there's some of these sort of naysayers or something that you're not the real burrito brother, and it's like, well, yeah, we are. We own the trademark rights, and we got there organically, naturally, one person at a time, the same way every change in the group ever happened. So yeah. get over it, and you know you don't have to listen. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, so that makes us quote notorious unquote. You know, so I think there's a lot of kind of clever thought to the album title. Yeah, and you guys are having fun with it. That's very important. Yeah. Everybody yeah. understands fun. Who wrote Wheels of Fire? It's full of quotes and references and stuff. And, and yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Thanks for noticing that. Yeah, that that's a band, right? But I, I'm the main influence. I'm the main uh, lyricist. And uh, that was for the most part, my idea to, to just do that, because we were seeing, I still do, we do see this album as a suite. It's a it's a full piece of work with a beginning and an end, and, you know, the um, the opening is bring it. It's like, hello, come on in, everybody, to come yeah. join us. And then there's a big suite in the middle, and who does that anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, uh, and then the finale references just all kinds of stuff. It it, uh, it references every song title that was in the album prior to that last song. And um, and then there's all the, uh, you know, classic rock references and stuff. Hummy dub, you know me Long, long days gone by We were low and lonely Now we get to fly Soldiers were arriving fast Hateful flags unfurled 
We couldn't give a rat's ass They take things from our world Ourselves. Hope we shall be released, dear, at the wishing wells. The lean and hungry card face, people seeking highs. There's a hole in the heart case, egos cloud the eyes.
something you don't hear every day. It's meant not to just be the same old one-dimensional slapped out, you know, music. It's certainly not what you hear on today's country radio. Yeah, it's it has cohesiveness, I think is the word I'm looking for. A lot of people well, I like that. Thank you. Yeah, anymore it's just single after single and why even call it an album, you know? That's what, well, I think mo- in most cases, and that's not it's not always wrong, but in most no. cases uh people record songs and once they've got enough, if they think 10 or 12 is the right number, then it's now an album. But this didn't transpire that way. This was really thought out as a piece of work. It, uh, it, it has a whole like flow and intention to it. Yeah, it's definitely something you'd be proud of, too. I don't even know if that <laughs> happens so much well, anymore. Well, thank gonna... you. That's a funny word to, to use because it seems a little bit self-absorbed uh, or something, but I certainly do feel that. I, 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 I believe it's the best work I've done in my life. And well, you should, as we just sit around in isolation now, because <laughs> we can't go outside yeah. anymore. <laughs> a lot, a lot, here's what a lot of people don't understand is, <clears throat> I'm a musician, so I know this, uh, nothing of your caliber, but uh, people, musicians spend a lot of time in isolation when you're writing, even when you're rehearsing with your buddies and stuff, yeah. you yeah. know, it's, there's a lot of, you just don't go out and, and do a lot of things. So I That's think they right. think you're, you're always in front of an audience or they think because you're on the radio, you must be in front of billions of people all the time. It's quite the opposite, I think. Yeah, actually, I think uh, at this stage, uh, our uh, priority, I would say, uh, our favorite thing is the idea of making, uh, making recordings that are artistic, making little works of art. You know, it's believing that that... Uh, Aesthetic is not forever gone. Yeah. Seems like a, like uh, the era of that being at the forefront is long gone, but it shouldn't be gone forever. Mm-hmm. It's the the secret sauce of connecting with people. How do you yeah. do that? Yeah. You know what's I, funny? Um, we just did. Uh, we got asked to do the fiftieth anniversary of the Gilded Palace of Sin here in Nashville uh, for a. The annual Graham Parsons, uh, what does he call it, Graham Fest. Oh. Has a bunch of different artists. And, <laughs> and he asked the Burrito Brothers to do the, the whole album. And uh, there's an irony there because we had just completed this album. We're very, very proud of it and feel it's it should be what's representative of who we are now. And uh, one of the knocks on the group that I object to strongly is if we're ever called a tribute band because because tribute bands don't make new albums every few years and and perform them, uh, perform their own work. And of course there's a side of us that's a tribute. We we would be wrong to not um, uh, play the, the, you know, best, most memorable songs from the earlier days of the other lineups of the groups. And, And I consider anytime we play anywhere, it's a tribute to Graham Parsons. But, uh, because absolutely, it a tribute band, a tribute band to me is like the Fab Four or something, where you're wearing well, yeah, wigs. If you're, <laughs> yeah, you're a hundred percent copy. You play only the material that some other group of people came up with, and yeah, and everyone and knows that. it. Yeah. yeah, so then here we are, uh, feeling that we've proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that we aren't there with this new album, that we aren't that, and uh, we get asked to do nothing but the album made fifty years ago by four different people. <laughs> so, yeah. But you know what? It was an honor and it was sweet. And I think we did justice to it. I think it was really nice. It's on our website. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess that comes with the territory. You know, they, they came up with the term LA sound. They pinned it on the, on the Eagles, none of which are from LA. But yeah. I, you guys, you still, I don't know. You, you enunciate the words kind of that way and they're understandable. Oh, yeah. They're there's sincere. A, there's a, yeah, yeah. It's, it owes more to a, a California late 60s ethic uh, yeah. or, or even 70s uh, than Nashville. But see, we're not from Nashville. We, the band is. We live here and have for a long time. But, boy, you'd be surprised. Or probably not. You probably wouldn't be surprised. That, yeah. uh, just 
vast amount of musicians who live and work out of Nashville are transplants. Like I come from Kansas. Tony's from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm from Wichita. Bob Hatter's from Chicago. And Pete's from uh, upstate New York. <laughs> and here we are in Nashville, you know. And and if, if we're going to... If we're going to, quote, have the nerve to call ourselves the Burrito Brothers, <laughs> yeah. then we need to uh, know what that's all about. We're, you know, we're not supposed to sound like a bunch of um, Southern rednecks. <laughs> you know? And if there was ever a collaboration band, the Burrito Brothers, but you guys are from all over the place. You know, that just reminded me. I think I kind of sidestepped the... You alluded to the um, flying, and here's the story there. Uh, when I don't know if you uh, followed the timeline enough to know that for most of the previous decade, well, no, now in the third decade of this millennium that just started in a bad way, in fact. But, uh, uh, <laughs> the roaring 20s, baby. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, the, the, oh, the aughts, the... Uh, Burrito flag was being carried by the group that called itself Burrito Deluxe. And actually, that's the last time Sneaky Pete had a little bit of involvement, although he was fading fast. Uh, but um, somewhere around the turn of this millennium, they began, uh, maybe even in like 1999 or something. Hmm. Um, and uh, their sort of claim to legitimacy was that they got Sneaky Pete in on a number of the sessions. And and really, we now feel you don't need a claim to legitimacy other than just carrying on. It's never been uh, some group out of the clear blue deciding to call themselves the Brito Brothers. Mm -hmm. It's always been that this guy left, this guy came in, and it all just kind of gradually kept changing. And there was always some interest, usually from some record label or promoter, that they wanted the band to keep going. So Burrito Deluxe wound down around 2008 or somewhere in there. And, and uh, lo and behold, uh, this guy, Del Taylor, in England, was promoting a label he called uh, SPV Yellow, which was a sort of Americana. He was trying to find classic era names. I think he had amazing rhythm aces. Uh, I don't know for sure who the groups were, but... Uh, I remember that name. Of, yeah. Uh, and he was. He said, you know, who's the burritos now? You know, and, and uh, my brother Fred is a pretty well accomplished uh, producer, mostly in the blues field. He's placed albums and most of the years ago in, in the in latter part of, of the 19, you know, hundreds. <laughs> he um, got a lot of older black blues guys from Nashville record deals over in Europe. And uh, they tour over here. I even played keyboards for some of those. And, and uh, so he was known by the label guy, but not exactly seen as the right guy for this because he was blues. But uh, he was talking to the, <clears throat> excuse me, to this Del Taylor guy who said, I want the Burrito Brothers, whatever it takes. Uh, um, and he, he said, well, my brother Chris knows those guys pretty well. And uh, well, I guess <clears throat> that's okay. But uh his first plan was, let's try and call the closest we can get to the, you know, sort of, quote, original, unquote, guys. So there aren't really any, if you really looked into it. Uh, but uh, um, so Chris Hillman loomed large. He was the co-author, the co-kingpin of the original album, obviously Graham, long dead and gone. So that put Hillman at the top of the, the heap. And, uh, and then Rick Roberts, who went on to Firefall and all that, he had come in when Parsons was out. He's on the third album, and um, uh, he's not really a replacement for Parsons because Hillman took over the late singing, and mm -hmm. so Roberts is the new harmony singer, but they needed a guy to fill 
another, you know, they need the second voice and guitars. So Roberts goes that far back. Uh, Sneaky Pete had died. So Al Perkins was the next in line. And then, of course, Bernie Ledden. And since Michael Clark also had died, the farthest they could go back to really get those names was Gene Parsons. And Fred, my brother, contacted every one of them. And to a man, they said, uh, yeah, I'll do it if, if Chris Hilton says he's up for it. Mm-hmm. And Fred talks to Hillman, and he says, no, too big a headache, not, inter- not interested. It's, uh, he said, you got to understand, uh, it never really was a gold mine, and, and uh, I'm not interested in the possibility of getting, uh, you know, some sort of bad reviews or com- too, too glaring of comparison. And then bottom line, really, is if I was going to go back, if I wanted to rekindle some past glory like that, there's no comparison. It would be the birds. It would be David Crosby, Roger McGuinn, and Chris Hillman. Right. And uh, and so this isn't even an option. And so thinking he's blown out of the water because Hillman says no, and all the other guys did stick with, they're not doing it if Hillman doesn't. Dell Taylor surprisingly says to Fred, look, it's been different people all through the year, so let's go to plan B. Who could it be? And so he told him that his brother Chris, me, was pretty familiar with all those guys, kind of hung in those camps, so to speak. And uh, uh, he said, okay, well, here's the deal. It's kind of almost a shopping list. I want to know who he proposes and okay that. I want to recognize the names you're you're saying are up for it. I need you to secure trademark rights. And if that doesn't happen, the deal is off. And then, like any record deal, I need to like the album. Once you've submitted it, uh, I can still say no if I don't think it's that good. And uh, so, you know, this looked like a really nice opportunity for me. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't going to put it down. You know, at my age, what would I have been back then in, in my early 50s? Or That's already past that window of being the next big country star or something, you know? I mean, it's like, hey... I adore this music. I honor, I, I love the idea of carrying it on and showing how it could be done right. And, uh, you know, if anybody says we shouldn't be doing it, they're, they've never walked in my shoes. They, you know, I believe we're doing a really fine job of it. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny. <clears throat> The way you listed off the, all the elements that it's going to take to put it together, the last thing is, oh, and by the way, how's the music? Wait a minute here. Was it supposed to start out with that? It doesn't seem to work that way. I, I realize you have to cover all those bases, but what yeah. if the music was so freaking good that the rest of it is, you know, comes in second place? Probably well, I suppose I it, it, the really logical answer to that, if that really was it, would yeah, be yeah. if he was that blown away that he'd say, well, I guess we need to think up a name for your group. You know, he, but he wanted the burrito boots. Oh, and then the final chapter, the rest of this story, yeah. is that um, Chris Hillman had obtained trademark rights to the Flying Burrito Brothers, and they're very specific. We got ours as the working band. We could show that this is a group that has that's out there playing and it is up and running and, and intends to play. Intention is a big part. And uh, Hillman was in no way prepared to say that, he, he, you know, as he turned down the group. He's not uh, filing for trademark rights to an existing working group. He filed for a name logo so that when he wants to release uh, archival materials that he's on from nearly 50 years ago or print t-shirts or something he's got the trademark rights to flying in fact it's b-r-o-s the flying burrito bros and uh if you saw it it would probably look familiar it's that sort of bubbly lettering uh, and okay, it's a logo yeah. right and uh, so we aren't in conflict we own the burrito brothers because his request was that we don't use the word flying he said he said he 
he's over it. He's he's aware that somebody's been doing this for years and years and years, and apparently there's always going to be. So just please don't call it the flying burrito brothers. Mm. And uh, so we're <laughs> just the burrito brothers. But it's really pretty cool when uh, when the flying burrito brothers moved to Nashville in the late seventies, right around 1980. They got a deal on Curb Records, and they just shortened the name to the Burrito Brothers. They felt kind of like I alluded to earlier with the funny psychedelic name that the other name was sort of cumbersome, and Burrito Brothers sounded kind of tighter and straight. Plus, I personally love it, starting with B and being the BBs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we've often said, with just a hint of... Uh, I would I wouldn't say in any way dishonest, just uh, not needing to tell the whole story. That you know, when the burrito brothers, when the flying burrito brothers moved to Nashville, they dropped the flying part of it, and then we're the burrito brothers, and we're in Nashville, so we we're that we're carrying it on, and uh, that kind of sounds good. Sounds a little easier than the whole long explanation. <laughs> Maybe there needs to be a flying Doobie Brothers. <laughs> well, did you ever hear the uh, the thing about the birds being? Now it's famous that they, when they first started, they were all the folkies who, after seeing Hard Day's Night, or just being affected by the, the yeah twelve string guitar. Beatles, and that. Yeah. yeah, decided to to kind of cop that the Beatles mm-hmm. vibe, and the previous iconic groups to them of the day were obviously the Beatles, and then the Beach Boys. And so they had actually consciously thought we'd like a name that begins with B. Oh. And knowing that, I like that we're, our name doesn't begin with F. It begins with B. <laughs> it makes sense. My mom named me a B name, too. Bruce is a good name to go with, I think. Oh, that's funny. Well, the guy in, in England who's doing so much for us, his name is Bob Boiling. <laughs> B, B. <laughs> Gonna have that alliteration though. Yeah, I'll change my name yeah. to Bruce Billiard. Maybe that'll work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, I could yeah. talk to you all day. I, you know what, Chris? So um, I'll edit the. Uh, there aren't any dull moments though. This might be a two-episode thing, but what the heck? Oh, cool. Let me think if there. Uh, I just kind of rambled. Uh, did you have any any other like specific questions, or is there something I ought to make a point of? Oh man, uh, you, you covered it covered. all. I, yeah, yeah. It feels like, yeah. On behalf I, of, I'm going to re, re. I'll edit this part out. I'm going to release yeah. an EP here pretty soon. And I don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, everything's changed. It used to be record labeled handle all that stuff, and now it's all. You have to know all about social media, and you have to know all about the streaming platforms. And, you know, you do everything yourself. And yeah. at the end of the day, I'm like, God, all I want to do is play a song for you. And I'm, Jesus <laughs> Christ, what do I have to do? You know? Oh, I just thought of something I really would like to mention. Um, sure. Because I keep seeing uh, evidence of it going right over people's heads. We've got yeah. a song on this album. It's called Acrostic. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what that word means? Uh, yeah, it, it means uh, it's a form of poetry where you're writing a, a word uh, vertically, I believe, with the first yeah. Yeah. first letter Thank of each you. line. Uh, nobody else, very few people seem to know that, and I, I I won't act like I'm the smartest guy in the world. I, I didn't. Had, I had I Mrs. Gabareski for English when I was a sophomore in high school, uh, so, so I know everything. I wasn't uh, all that aware of it, but I looked it up because it's like, I'm not sure I know what they mean. I gotta look that. And when I did, I thought, "Oh, what a way to write a song, wouldn't it?" Yeah, yeah, cool? it's cool. A hidden meaning inside a song. And uh, and so we've got acrostic on the album, and it worked out beautifully. It's uh, some people even still not um, not knowing the little hidden message uh, said they thought it was their favorite song because it's, it's kind of a different. It's a departure.
My mother told me, son Another train's gonna come Keep eyes wide open Educate, have fun Use good sense if you have to fight Stay strong yet loosely tied says it'll come your way our father preaches let us pray use these words brother maybe serve you well today puzzles in the newspaper and stuff they've had to here's what we want you to do write an acrostic song and yeah, <laughs> yeah. orchestrate it record it there's a puzzle see if you can do oh, that I'll tell you what would be really hard but not impossible I, I'm churning the idea around is a, a palindrome it's a palindrome exactly oh my yeah now that would be tricky a man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Yeah, yeah exactly. Make a, yeah, or, or that Grateful Dead, uh, Mayoxo Moxola, <laughs> which isn't even a word. It's just letters that look fun. You know, I mean, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, great brainstorm session too. It's good talking <laughs> to you. Likewise. Yes. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. And James, I, I wish you the best. You're a youngster like I am, but you know what? You're young at heart, and there's lots to be done. There's lots well, left to do. So. I'll, I'll tell you another thing. Uh, my name is 
Chris James, which is a very common first name and last name. Yeah. So years ago, it hit me that if I go by my shortened, you know, my whole name is Christopher. If I just go by the shortened version, Chris, and use my middle initial for the name Philip, that makes me crispy. Crispy. <laughs> and, uh, and that way, a guy with a just terribly common first and last name can be a, a, a slightly more possible to be remembered name. But then the twist on it all happened when I became a part of the Burrito Brothers, because that makes me Crispy Burrito. Nice. <laughs> 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 you hire somebody named Original Recipe and you're good to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Bruce. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, I enjoyed talking to you. Well, you take care and, and uh, you know, wash your hands 50 million times. Oh, yeah. And oh, wear yeah. a pillowcase and a body condom and all the things you have to do. <laughs> well, isn't that in a Woody Allen movie? <laughs> I don't know. Nothing I say is original. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, best wishes to you and yours. And uh, I do appreciate it, man. Okay. Got to run. Thanks a lot, Chris. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Just trying to make the next day a bit better.